Hello. Hi. Hello. Welcome to Book Squad Goals. Thanks. Oh my god, thank you. Kelly's drinking medicinal tea with whiskey. I am. If I sound sick, it's because I am. Emily, what do you have? Wine? I have wine. A nice Sauvignon Blanc. Nice. Mm. From the gas station or? No, no. I got this at a wine store. Nice. And I have a, my cousin introduced me to this wine app Mm. called, let me tell you, we're not sponsored by this, by the way, called The Vino. So I was sitting there. We're not sitting there. I was standing and walking around at the wine store, just like scanning all the wine to see the reviews of it. Oh, cool. So I would know which wine to get. So I felt like a knowledgeable wine purchaser for the first time in my life. It's called the Vino? Vivino. V-I-V-I-N-O. So anyone from Vivino, if you're listening, we are open to you sponsoring us. Um, Yes. (laughs) Same goes for anybody out there. If you just have any sort of sponsorship, that's like... Would be great. Yeah, listen to how great I advertise that. <laughs> we would for, love like, nothing to at be all. paid. We would love that. <laughs> um, and I'm drinking pumpkin beer. And Mary, what are you drinking? I'm drinking detox tea with honey, and I have a water. Mm, and nice. by detox tea, she does not mean with whiskey. No, that's no. just it's me. just it's like just detox tea. But the reason it's that like three of us are drinking alcohol, and the reason Mary has to detox. and the reason that all of you might as well pick up a drink right now is because it's time for hate episode number two yeah here we go i don't know what kind of music comes with this all right (laughs) dramatic music so before we get into which book this is got an intro question but wait before the intro question the intro question kind of spoils the book oh well (laughs) Also, we're going to do you a big favor and spoil this book. <laughs> so don't worry yeah. about it. Like, just go along do for the ride with the spoilers. Book. That's why I didn't care about this question. Yeah. If you, I mean, it. if you honestly – I know that people get mad, which is the only reason why I say it. But if you honestly, like, want to read this book, maybe you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Yeah. Just kidding. That but also, I also, also want to say – oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you, you go. go. You go. You go. No, you oh go. my god. Also, also. Okay, I want to say that I know that it seems really mean spirited of us to pick on a specific author twice, not just once, but twice. But let me tell you something. Um, <laughs> Sherry Lapina has had her books on the New York Times bestsellers list. She is making bank, and she is making bank okay. on absolute garbage. And I refuse to feel guilty. I refuse to stand by idly while, while this happens. We're doing a public service. Yeah. And, like, she's okay. Yeah, I'm not she's worried fine. about her. We're she's not fine. the only people giving her bad reviews. For sure, as a person, she's fine. But No, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm saying, like, she's <laughs> she's doing okay in her life financially. Yeah, as a person, like, uh, sorry, that sounded like a, I mean, like, she's an okay person. I'm sure she is. I no, just mean, she's like, probably not. In her personal life, she's like everything's okay. <laughs> Doing like, fine. don't worry about. I it. mean, actually, we don't know that she could be really struggling. At least monetarily speaking, she's doing fine. What so, if she had like all of this debt? <laughs> she bought all the copies herself. <laughs> that would be crazy. No. Okay, but that's not true because I know people on Goodreads bought it. But anyway, so this question will spoil something, but I'm immediately going to read you the plot right after this. So anyway, let's get into how would you fake your own death if you needed to disappear? This is, okay, this is Emily. Um, first of all, that's just dumb. 
<laughs> why would you yeah. do that if you need to disappear? What? Just like why? Second of all, I would just really die and then <laughs> chill out as a ghost. <laughs> you know, like um. So I'm thinking of another terrible book called Her Fearful Symmetry, Aww. where this actually happens. It's a really bad book. Not as bad as this book. <laughs> but, you know, Audrey Niffenegger, we had big hopes for you because your first book was so good. But this one was not. Rough. But yeah. So a character in that book. Spoiler. Don't fucking read it, though. <laughs> it's a ghost. Kills herself to escape. And becomes a ghost. Okay. That's what I would do. Yeah. I like that you're like, I'm going to just do it very realistically by actually mm-hmm. just doing mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I'll just die for real. I don't. I yeah. don't want to go through the effort. Well, this book would have no, been better if that character dumb. had actually died. So thank you. Yes, because then the book never before the happened. book started. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. Okay. This is Mary. Hi, Mary. Hi, Mary. I would say I probably would try to fake my death, like Gone Girl style, and just leave, and never. Like, try to not tell anyone where I was going and leave no clues behind or whatever and make it look like I just got taken. But I think I would be really bad at that. (laughs) So I doubt that me faking my death would be successful. Well, it rarely is, I'm guessing. (laughs) As we see. (laughs) I don't think this has a high success rate. Yeah. It's a really dumb idea. I keep trying to think, like, what can I, oh, like, I'll I'll do a fire. No, because they would know by their remains, like, unless I put an actual person there. Do it like in Hunt for the Wilder People. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the graveyard. I'm going to dig up a corpse. I'm going to put that corpse in my house. In a pet cemetery. Oh. Set my house on fire. And then they'll be like, oh, this is her. Her corpse. Although, but what about the teeth? Yeah, I was just about to say the teeth won't be my teeth. So, see, this is where the issue. You'd have to pull out your own teeth and put them in the corpse. Mm. <laughs> I'll pull out the corpse's teeth. Uh, yeah, but then you got train teeth, teeth to hide with the corpse. You can make a dollhouse. Yes. Yes. Uh, we won't say what that spoils. No, because that's actually good. <laughs> uh, but if you've listened to the rest of our episodes, you definitely know what that spoils. Okay, so this is Susan, and uh, it's my fault that we're here today. And um, yes. I, I hike alone a lot, so I think it would be like the most believable thing to do to like go ditch my car at a hiking trail, and then just mountain lion got you. But like, make sure mountain some people lion. saw me on the trail first. Mm-hmm. I would shout. I would shout as I walked down the trail. I'd be like. Hello, people. I'm going down this trail. I sure hope some mountain lion doesn't get me. I hear they're out today. And then I would go. <laughs> they're I, out today. I don't do anything dangerous, so I would never die in that way. I mean, I hike on, like, pretty flat <laughs> trails. Like, I'd have to go out there acting like I was going to rock climb with no equipment and then disappear. Um, but that's probably how I would do it if I had to. Although now that everyone knows, I guess I'll have to come up with something else. Or is this how I would do I guess it? the the way that it happens in this book is probably a pretty decent way sure. to do it. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Well, let's get into this book and what is or is not decent about it. 
My that's my only compliment to the book is like I guess the way she fakes her own death is better than other ways. <laughs> better than actually killing yourself and coming back as a ghost. Also, yeah. faking your own death sounds like that's going to be like the big like plot turning point or something. Like it's, it's not, not even that. It's just a part of someone's backstory. So. It's not even like the secondary plot. No. <laughs> so if you're mad, just chill. I better okay. pull up my notes that I took about how bad this book is. All right. Oh, yeah, so. I took notes, too. If you're mad, just strap in, because we're only going to get worse from here, guys. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. So, we read A Stranger in the House by Sherry, either Lapina or Lapina, depending if you listened or looked at the word. Yeah, on the audiobook, they pronounce it Lapina, and I'm like, there's no little tilde, tilde above yeah. the N. Yeah. But anyway, famed author of... Couple Next Door. Infamous. Which you have probably heard of if you haven't also had the mispleasure of reading it. Um, That's not a word, is it? That's okay. It is no. It, I'm going to make it a word for this specific experience. I felt mispleasure Same. <laughs> while reading. Okay, so this is the Goodreads summary. Karen and Tom Krupp. Their Stupid. last name is Krupp. Right. It's yep. Krupp. Are, with two Ps. <laughs> Are happy. With a K. K R U P P. <laughs> so that's where we're starting. <laughs> are happy. They've got a lovely home in upstate New York. They're practically newlyweds and they have no kids, gross, to interrupt their comfortable life together. But one day, Tom returns home to find Karen has vanished. Her car's gone and it seems like she left in a rush. She even left her purse, complete with phone and ID, behind. Guess. There's a knock on the door. The police are there to take Tom to the hospital where his wife has been admitted. She had a car accident and lost control as she sped through the worst part of town. She was trying so hard not to say the ghetto. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know what said that, and then her editor was like, you can't do that. Okay. <laughs> the accident has left Karen with a concussion and a few scrapes. Still, she's mostly okay, except that she can't remember what she was doing or where she was when she crashed. The cops think her memory loss is highly convenient, which it is, and they suspect she was up to no good. Karen returns home with Tom, determined to heal and move on with her life. Then she realizes something's been moved. Something's not quite right. Someone's been in her house. And the police won't stop asking questions. Because in this house, everyone's a stranger. Everyone has something they'd rather keep hidden. Something they might even kill to keep quiet. God, this is so dumb. <laughs> also, a note. This book has an average of 3.61 stars out of 5 on Goodreads. This, that is, is, this is why I don't trust that, Goodreads. Yeah, that completely thing. disqualifies Goodreads as a system. I don't know. Well, I mean, that plot summary is horrible. So... <laughs> But kind of like what the book is actually like. Yeah, yeah it's and also like that though. that writing, the writing in that summary was basically just like how the book is written. Yeah. Yeah, except make it all present tense instead of half of it present tense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how the book's written. And may I just say, I know I mentioned this in the last hate episode, but just as a follow-up, Sherry Lapina still does not how to know how to write in present tense. No. No. So, she hasn't gotten better at that. No. Agree. <sighs> okay. So, it's kind of hard to analyze this book because it's, like, just really bad, like, kind of in general. 
So not a lot to pick apart intelligently. So we're just going to drink and talk about like what makes it bad. So first of all, this book is marketed as a thriller. Um, it's not <laughs> thrilling, I would say. I described it as put downable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the anti-thrill. <laughs> um, uh, and there's a what's supposed to be an element of mystery. So I wanted to talk about sort of what this book is trying to be as a thriller and a mystery. Uh, and then, you know, why it kind of fails. Not kind of. Why it fails on both fronts. I think it wants to be a mystery because there is, like, sort of the core of the novel is the reader trying to figure out what happened. But it plays what's in my pocket. It doesn't give us all the pieces to the mystery. Instead, it just gives us, like, very dull present tense nothing that doesn't tell us anything. And then at the end, in, like, the last two pages, it was like, actually, here's everything. Well, and and the problem is that, like, we have what seems to be an omniscient narrator who can get into the heads of every person if the camera is focused on them or whatever. So it'll be like, Karen feels scared. She feels nervous. She doesn't understand why the police won't listen to her. If only she had blah. And it's like, it's like saying all of her thoughts, but then it doesn't tell us things that she knows this entire time that she would be thinking about this whole time until the very end. And then it's like, oh, also? It just like reveals things by choice, but then it's not clear that there is an actual person making the choice to reveal these things. It's really yeah. bad like you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too no. if you want to if you want to get into the characters heads you have to actually earnestly do it and if you want to write in the present tense you need to show what's happening and not just tell the reader what's happening you can't just say karen was nervous you need to say karen fiddled with her wedding ring yep. while she thought about the detectives yep. or something yeah. like you, know, you can't just say this is what everyone's feeling and not actually offer any. And that's how the, this book is written with a very boring formula where it's like everything is described. I say described in air quotes because nothing is described, <laughs> but everything is like so-and-so did something. This is how they were feeling. So-and-so did this. This is how they were feeling. There was one part where like Tom says something and then it says, Wait, I wrote it down. <laughs> yeah, I have some notes on. Yeah, I have a lot of shit. Okay, so it says, you know, like Tom says something, and then immediately after he talks, it says, he is almost shouting. Then Karen says something, and then it says, now she is almost shouting. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, are you just like playing with Barbie dolls right now? Because that's what it feels like. Um, also, lines like, it'll say, like, Tom was talking to Karen, and it says, he can smell the faint perfume of her skin. That's it. And I'm like, well, what the fuck does that smell like? Yeah. I have no idea. You didn't Must tell me anything. Faint. Does it smell like Faintly iron? Faintly skin. Yeah, he'll be like, does he can smell, smell her like shampoo. Roses? Are you wearing faint skin? <laughs> like, what is the perfume of your skin? Like, by everyone Calvin smells Clark. different. Tell me what that smells like. Also, like... 
they keep talking about how ter- terrifying or like gross or disgusting these photographs of the corpse are, but we get no description of what's in the photographs at all. We just know like, oh, they're awful. What the fuck? Like, I don't know what that look. What does that How's look like? How's the body positioned? Is there gore? Yeah. No, we're told like he's where he's been shot, but there's no description of what the body looks like or yeah. like. I'm just told I should feel like horrified by it. Yeah, we should probably just go through the rest of the plot so that it makes yeah. sense. Because people, if hopefully people aren't going to read it, so we can just go through, tell them. Yeah, what the mystery listen to this bonkers is. plot. Go for it. Okay, okay. So you heard what happens in the beginning from the Goodreads summary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Karen gets into this car wreck in a bad part of town. She can't remember anything. Kelly's face palming right now. She comes home. <laughs> Who? I said Kelly's face I was just like this. Oh. Like, this is legitimately depressing you calling me right now. I was like, why are you guys about to have a side podcast? Okay. Yeah, I hold on. I have to tell Emily something. I'll be right back. talk about you. Okay. Susan's really phoning it on this episode, isn't she? Wow. I've only had half a beer, so could be worse. Um. It could be like the time I drank that two bug chuck out of the bottle during the podcast. But anyway. Which episode was that? I don't know. Who who knows? It was probably just during a bad time, you know. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm in a better place. (laughs) But this book is taking me back. (laughs) Karen gets home. She like says she can't remember anything. Well, then like a body is found in this, quote, bad part of town. Which we know because... There have been three small chapter excerpts of various people finding the body. Yeah, like some teenagers like found the body and robbed it and then went to a pawn shop. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> a body was found. A man had been shot in the chest and the face. Okay. Well, this was near where Karen had her accident. And then one of Karen's dish gloves is found at the scene. So it's like she's possibly connected to this. Maybe she's a witness. Maybe she murdered someone. So this guy that was murdered turns out to be Karen's technically still husband. (laughs) Uh, I almost said ex-husband, but if you fake your own death, but you didn't really die, I guess you're still married in the eyes of the law. And Tom is real hung up on that. In the eyes of the law. Oh my God, we're going to get into Tom in a minute. But okay. So this guy is Robert Trainer. Karen's real name is Georgina Trainer. And the story that we're given then is that Georgina was abused for years by Robert to the point where she was afraid for her life. And while they were living in Las Vegas, she went to the Hoover Dam and like took pictures there and made sure people saw her and pretended to commit suicide by jumping off the Hoover Dam. But really what she did was just drive away. And I guess she ended up in New York. Became a temp at Tom's company, lucky her, and fell in love with this nobody of a man and got married. And now she's Karen Krupp. And then somehow, Robert Trainer just Googled accounting firms online and eventually saw her in the background of a picture. Right. And it only took him three years. He had the whole United States... To look through. There is no fucking way he would find, even if he had, like, this many years, there is no way he would find her 
just by looking through pictures on accounting firm websites. He doesn't have a name to go by. He has literally nothing. Yeah, and, and like, he gathers from this photo where she happens to be standing next to Tom at a party that, like... That they're married. They're married, yeah, which she only worked there for, like, two or three weeks or something. So there's no way you could deduce that anyway, but, okay. Simultaneously, <laughs> we, we meet Bridget. Yes. Okay. Oh my god. Sidebar. Also, her name is Bridget. Sidebar. I'm gonna just read to you some of the names from this story. Okay? <laughs> Bridget has the stupidest last name I've ever heard. <laughs> okay, so first of all, the Krups. We already went over that. Um, Bridget Crookshank. <laughs> Bridget Crookshank. Okay? I am 100% sure... That Sherry Lapina was sitting at her desk, looking around her office, trying to figure out names for things. She was like, oh, there's uh, Harry Potter 3, uh, Crookshank. Yeah, that's a, that's a name. Oh, here's my, <laughs> here's my bottle of water. Um, Dr. Perriera. That sounds right. Oh, what's that on the window? Um, Officer Curtin? Sure, Officer Curtin. <laughs> like, she's literally just fucking putting random objects as the last names of human beings. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, so I'm upset. I'm convinced now that that is what happened. All of these names well, like, are Krups bullshit. is a coffee maker. Oh, no. All of it these is. names are bullshit. Yeah. Okay? <clears throat> Crookshank. Bridget Crookshank. Anyway. Bridget. Bridget and Bob Crookshank. <laughs> it's which, unbelievable. Okay. Oof. Speaking of, since his name was Bob, I assumed his real name was Robert, which made me assume that there was some Robert connection going on or that they were the same person nope. or some crazy ass shit. No, they're just both named Robert. My other favorite part, which I told to Emily, was when the detective goes, um, do you know <laughs> someone named Robert? And she's like, I don't know anyone named Robert. <laughs> yes, you do. Everyone knows someone named Robert. <laughs> Are you kidding? Also, your neighbor's name is Bob. Yeah, yeah your neighbor's name is Bob. Oh, my word. Anyway, but he's never home, so maybe she doesn't know that's his name. It was was Bob even in this book, by the way? Bob comes in, like, twice to be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Which, fair question. Yeah, I have to go to a function. Every time he's gone, it's at a, a function. function. What does that yeah. mean? He it is definitely fucking someone else. to take a bowel movement. That's what <laughs> Yeah, no, he's definitely <laughs> fucking someone else. But anyway, okay, so Bridget Crookshank is the neighbor, and she's introduced as Karen's friend, who Tom doesn't like very much. Turns out Tom is just uncomfortable around her because they used to fuck. Which again, Tom knows knows this the whole time, but while we're in his head and he sees Bridget for the first time, he's just like, oh, I don't like her. Yeah, kind of wish she wasn't here. Most uncomfortable. Because they fucked. But anyway, as he knows and Bridget knows, and we're also yeah. in Bridget's head plenty, which don't go in there because <laughs> it's like worse than other people's heads mostly. So <laughs> Don't go in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Tom and Bridget had an affair before he met Karen. Bridget was married. She told him she was separated. The classic, you know. And then he broke it I off. I do that all the time. Yeah, he broke it, it off when up. he found out she was married because, like, we're supposed to think now he's some kind of upstanding gentleman. <laughs> but, like, this is okay. I mean, the moral of this story and every Sherry Lapino story is women are bad. Yeah. <laughs> and men are innocent. Yeah, and they just get they're caught really up bad. in their Women are webs. not in control of their emotions. They don't know what they're doing. 
And they just yeah. don't know that he didn't know. Yeah. So since he didn't know, we're supposed to just be like totally fine with the fact that he used to fuck Bridget but never told Karen about it, even though now they're best friends. Okay. Cool. Seems like maybe when you first start dating, like, and you meet the neighbor, you'd like bring up, like, just so you know. I don't know. Honestly, this sounds like typical dude behavior to me where he's like, eh, it'll probably never come up. Yes, it will. I'm just being honest. Dudes, <laughs> it dudes will are come dumb. Up. Sorry to, sorry to our dude listeners, but you know that sometimes you're dumb. You're dumb. It's fine. All right. So, Bridget, we learned from being in her head that. She is, first of all, a famous knitter blogger. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which, why? <laughs> it's only there so she could be doing the thing she's doing at the end of the book, which we'll get to. Um, she has made friends with Karen, but basically just so she can get closer to Tom and, like, she wants to be Karen and blah, blah, blah. This is what I'm going to imagine every, like, influencer online is doing for the rest of my life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Also, Bridget wants to have a baby really bad. Yeah, but, like, doesn't really like her husband very I mean, much. all women, that's all women want to have a baby really bad, right? Yeah. Bridget eventually reveals to Tom, hey, I actually followed Karen that night, like, when she drove away really fast and went to the bad part of town. Known for drugs, they say several times. What's yeah. a housewife doing with drugs? <sighs> also, she's not a housewife. Yeah. She has a job. I this know, is the other thing I wanted to call out. I'd call her a housewife. Yeah, it was really upsetting. I was like, she's an accountant. Like, women equal housewives. No other, there are no other things women can be besides but crazy the author gave and her a job. <laughs> Mentally unstable housewives. Yeah, like if you Did if she that's forget fine that if she you want, gave her a job. Yeah, if you want your character to be a housewife, fine. But like you can't call her a housewife when she's not a housewife. <laughs> she clearly originally wrote her as a housewife and then was like, shit, how did she meet Tom? Oh, I guess she temped at this firm. <laughs> <laughs> so now hmm. she knows accounting or whatever. Anyway, Bridget tells Tom, like, hey, I followed her, because that's what you do. And um I saw her walk into this abandoned restaurant and shoot this guy. Or I saw her walk in, I heard gunshots, and she walked out. And then I walked in, and I looked, and there was a dead body, so I figured she shot him. Mm-hmm. I mean, essentially, we're led to believe that Bridget maybe killed Robert Trainer. Yeah. Oh, Bridget and Tom fuck again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because oh, Bridget goes over... A couple of times. This yeah. is where I was like, what is Tom? <laughs> this is also the moment when, um, when Bridget comes over to his house. He's very upset because obviously he doesn't know Karen at all anymore. And what's happening? I'm so confused. And Karen is at this point literally in prison. Okay. <laughs> and Tom's had three beers. Yeah, Tom has three beers and he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. He looks and at those breasts. He knows those guys. I mean, y'all laugh, but when Ben has three beers, <laughs> yeah, well, that's it's true. over. Bridget, Bridget is your neighbor? like, can I have a yep, martini? Every time. And this is when the line is written, he wasn't expecting her to ask for something as exotic as a martini. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, You know those, those knitting bloggers lady. and their exotic drink tastes. He can I... see the vivid outline of her breasts. He knows those breasts. That's <laughs> another... Uh, what moment? What? 
there's so many there's like a lot of references to her being like vivid breasts being like kind of like wildly sexy to him and like how she was like so free of inhibition and blah 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 and i'm like this bitch is a knitter blogger. Yeah, also okay? like the way you're the not way convincing the- me at all that she is sexy or like <laughs> she seems like the least sexy person. Sultry or like you can't resist her tits. She's fucking sitting in her window knitting all day. Like we're talking about spinster level activity. Yeah, and the way that the narrator <laughs> reads all of her lines, she's like, "Karen, are you okay? Is something wrong?" And it's like this oh, bitch gosh. is supposed to be sexy. Yeah. And her name is Bridget. That's not what you name your sex pot character. Okay, anyway. I guess so she's Bridget what do you comes name? over. She probably, thought character. It, she probably meant to name her Bridget, like Bridget Bardot, but she didn't know how it was spelled. Well, Bridget is Hebrew for knitting. True. Anyway, so she, uh, they fuck because he's so intoxicated by his three beers that he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, and he says, like, he couldn't. Like, he gives in to the comfort that she's offering, and he's, like, taken up in it. And then his, like, whole story about this changes, where it's, like, no, like, she obviously did that so that I wouldn't tell, or that, so she wouldn't tell the cops. She could blackmail him. That, yeah. Like, it sounds like you just fucked her. <laughs> and yeah. now you're, like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> but ultimately what happens is she's trying to convince the cops that, she saw Karen kill the man. Karen's trying to be like, oh, well, now Bridget is saying that she saw me, but she's so she's such an idiot because she didn't actually see me do it. So, And then fucking Bridget takes the gun that she finds and hides it in the garage trying to plant evidence. And then the detectives are like, you planted evidence. This wasn't here. And then... I don't fucking know, but basically... Well, that's where we find out that Bridget is, like, actually batshit crazy, too, because... If I could just get Karen out of the picture. decides that she's just going to, like, be Karen. (laughs) Yeah, she gets a Karen haircut. She cuts her hair to look like Karen. Yeah, which this was never a thing before. So, like, Tom obviously was, like, happily fucking her as her. Right. Yeah. But she decides, I'm just going to be Karen instead. So, I don't... I was like, that doesn't even seem like where her mental state was, but okay, I guess that's what we're doing. So anyway, now this gives, like, Karen a way to sort of pin it back on Bridget by saying, like, oh, now I remember things, and I, when I left that guy, he was alive, and then Bridget obviously followed me, so she walked in there and killed him, and then she put the gun in my house. <sighs> I'm out of breath. But anyway, because they're both blaming each other and there's no actual evidence, no one is able to convict anyone of anything. Yep. And then the detectives are like, but do you think they planned it together? And I was like, for the love of God. They're like, what if they're lovers? Why are these detectives so dumb, by the way? Like, these detectives had the dumbest theories where I was like, why is your head going there? Well, we know we know Rasbach to be a terrible detective from his work. In a couple next door. <laughs> Which I didn't realize. I forgot. I was reading the I Goodreads forgot. reviews and someone was like, it was cool to see him back. And I'm like, what? Also, like, was it? Like, do we know him as a character? Like, Yeah, I didn't even realize because he's such a flat character. Razbok 2, colon, I'm still a horrible detective. Like, there's no point in bringing him back because, like, all the characters, he's not a character. All he does yeah. is brood and then, like, come up with dumbass shit and be like, hmm. I don't know what you think. Like, seems like a fucking cartoon character voice to his yeah. 
assistant detective. It's, who's it's also my gruff male detective fuck. voice that I that I gave during the. Um, I'll be gone in the I'll dark. I'll be gone in the dark. Yes. That the audiobook narrator gave to all the detectives where she's like, well, I don't know what you say, but I think that blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like that <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. gruff male detective See? voice. Okay, but so he's here's actually a, that. This isn't Razbach talking. This is in one of his chapters, so we're like in his head. So this is when he's like, they see um, Robert Trainer's body on the table and he's talking to the medical examiner. Razbach looks down at the body on the table. If only he could talk. Well, he's dead. <laughs> there is a lot of if onlys in this book. There really were. Also, this is Tom, but it's all, it involves Razbach. It's like when they come to the house and he's like, <laughs> he opens the door. The house is filled with the smell of brewing coffee. He supposes he better offer him some. Coffee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why do I need that sentence that says he supposes he better offer him some? Just... <laughs> Just offer him coffee. There's another brief moment coffee? where it's it says something like like Razbach didn't know much about that. He hadn't had a lot of luck with relationships. He was divorced. Blah blah blah. And it was just like, why are we learning? Like, why do we need to know this? Like, she is what trying the fuck to Tana French this, where she's got like a side character that comes in again. But, like, no. the difference is those people are all actual characters. This is just a dude that she yeah. named the same thing twice. The difference is ton of <laughs> French novels are extremely, like, all of, they're all about character development, right? Like, yeah. there's a mystery, but it's it's very much character focused. So the opposite of this. Yeah. Where there's no mystery or character development. No. <laughs> you recognize the detectives that reappear in ton of French books as individual characters. Yeah. You don't get through half the novel and think, is this Yeah, the same and you're one? like, oh, she's back. I know her to be this way. This is right. a really interesting situation for her to be in. I read she, this, this whole This could just book be a guy she forgot that. that she named Razbach the first time. And so she named him that again. Yeah. I feel like it might have been just an editorial mistake, honestly. Does she to, have an editor? To get back to the plot, it really got batshit in the last couple of pages yeah. because in the in like the last two pages Karen we're in Karen's head and it's like actually Karen did kill Robert Trainer and she didn't get abused by him she just ran away cuz she stole 2 million dollars from him and he wanted his money back and now she's thinking she might go on the run again <laughs> and then we cut to Bridget across the street knitting or something and looking out the window <laughs> yeah, she's knitting like, a baby hat and baby gloves knitting yeah, like knitting baby clothes, and she's like, soon oh, I'm going to so tell So are we Tom. supposed to believe that she's pregnant with Tom? Yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah, after okay. fucking one time. No, no, they fucked twice. Okay, after they fucking fuck twice. twice. Yeah. And she's like, I always knew it was Bob who was infertile and not me. If you've been trying to get pregnant for years, did you not ever go to the gynecologist and, like, get checked out? Wait, wasn't she taking fertility treatment, or was that, I don't know. I don't know. It's just dumb. It makes it, it's like And that's how it <laughs> everything. is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's how it ends. She's like looking out across the street thinking I'm gonna be Karen now and have a baby. Even though Karen and Tom have a restraining order against her. She's like, those don't do much. Ugh. It's just like it just is so it's not a well thought out plot. 
And then on top of it, the writing's bad. And it was worse. I think it was worse than The Couple Next Door. It was oh, a it was. lot worse it than was Couple worse. Next Door. Which I'm shocked to say. I actually kind of was like hoping this one would be a little bit better. So it would be like a fun read. Even if oh, it was yeah. like not that well written, it could have been like fun plot. No, like it's so much worse. I mean, let us not forget The Couple Next Door is also really, really bad. Yes. Okay. But. But. I mean, I didn't have anything positive to say about that book. To no. be fair, Mm-mm. I can't think of a single redeeming quality. No, of that we book won. Either. We all one starred it, which was yeah. like because we had to give it a star. Yeah, and this book here's here's the other thing is like at the end when we realize Karen is like driving in a car and she's like she's like oh her and Tom are better are doing better now. Of course, he'll never really know her. What is love really? She knows that she'll never be able to give him her true self because, actually, she was never abused. And it's like, okay, so you're going to take the one thing about this story that had any kind of, like, emotional impact, which was that this character was an abused person who escaped, and you're going to say that she was faking her abuse, which is extremely problematic and offensive. Extremely, like, extremely mm-hmm. problematic and, and offensive. like. As someone who was in an abusive relationship, I had a lot of problems with that. Yeah. As a storyline. Yeah. It's really fucked up. Like, when it got to yeah. that point in, in, like, the last couple pages or whatever, I was listening, but I was like, oh, my God, this book just got a hundred times worse. <laughs> yes. You're like, like, you only had to make it bad. three more minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, the <laughs> plot twist, the last two pages... It's Make bad. it even worse it's really bad. than you thought it was. And it's like, so this is her second super offensive foray into, like, like, her first book was like, oh, people who are on antidepressants are nuts. They kill mm-hmm. people. Yes. And then this one is women also, lie like, about being abused. You should be ashamed abused. to go to therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like, yeah, like women lie about abuse all the time just to get what they want, basically. Right. Right. Just to get money. Yeah, this is a real anti-Me Too book. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yes. And it's perpetuating really harmful, antiquated beliefs of, like, women are manipulative and they'll just say whatever they have to say to beguile you and get you to believe mm-hmm. them. Like, what 1930s yeah. world is this? And also, like, if she was going to a shelter and stuff. See, here's the thing. If she was actually faking her abuse, it could have been made... It still would have been terrible, but it could have been sort of portrayed, like in Gone Girl, to be interesting. Right. Yeah. Like, and show that she's, like, actually really crazy, you know? But instead, it's just, like, she just told some people she was abused and she wasn't. The thing about Gone Girl is, and this is really basic-ass shit, so please excuse me for saying something that you all know already. (laughs) But the thing about Gone Girl that work because i do like gone girl as a book the thing about in a movie hey i just like it okay the thing about gone (laughs) girl that works is it's very surprising when you find out the truth about amy however once you realize that and you look back at everything that happened before you realize that there were hints that this is what was going on all along that's what a good plot twist does. Right. Yes. You don't just randomly 
change what happened in the story out of nowhere with like no hints whatsoever. A plot twist should be something that you could have guessed if you were like really paying attention. Yeah. Or that like now looking back, you're like, oh, that makes a right. lot of sense. Yeah. But like exactly. Mary said, it's what do I have in my pocket? It's what did I yeah. tell you? What didn't also, I tell you? Amy in Gone Girl, like you get a full picture of who she is in her marriage and who she was before she met, what's his name, Nick? Um, yeah. The yeah. fact that I even remember their names should tell you something. Like, that's good. Yeah. And they're normal and ass you get, names. Like, like, real people you names. get the, When you get the full picture of what she's like and what her relationship with her parents was like and how she met Nick, you're like, I can see how these things came together to make yes. this thing. And, like, you have a sense of her as a character. This is, like, assigning a very big, crazy action to someone that we have no other reference to. No. Like, it makes no sense at all. It's not even bad in an interesting way, is the problem. Like, I don't even really know what to say about it, because I'm like, it's just so bad. It was, like, painful to read and offensive, because it's about a woman faking abuse, which is a thing that people actually deal with. Yeah. And yeah. also just, like, and is terrible, boring. So boring. Like, this is supposed to be a thriller, okay? I listened to a couple hours of it on an airplane, and then, like, because I had nothing else to do. And then didn't listen to it again for another full two weeks. Because I was like, oh, I have to finish this. <laughs> like, that's how little I cared about finding out what was going to happen. I have to say one thing. And then I'm going to get another beer. And I'm going to come right back. Speaking of it being boring. When I was looking today for some reviews on Goodreads, someone wrote a whole review where she was like, so I was reading this book. And I felt like. This seems familiar to me. She had read it before yeah. and completely forgotten it. And then read it again. That poor person. She was like, I mean, it has to be pretty fucking boring for that to happen. Susan, what number of beer is this? This will, th That if was my first the, one. I'm just going to have one. More. If it's the third beer. Oh, well, yeah. You might need out. something crazy. Oh, well, which one of you am I going to fuck? Let's figure it out. <laughs> Which everyone asks you for a martini. Watch out. Who volunteers as tribute? It's me. <laughs> we all knew. You this know, was Emily coming. won't let it happen. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just don't want you know that to come in in the in between our relationship as a group. This is supposed know? to be professional. <laughs> okay, I'll only have two that's beers. Right. Once you open the third one, that's <laughs> for real. Though I'll be right back. It's empty, and then I want to talk about our favorite lines. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Because I know you wrote them down. Yep. I mean, one my favorite line, honestly, is he knows those breasts. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a pretty good one. Oh my god, I there's hate nothing so unsexier. Much. It's so bad. <laughs> like he knows those breasts. I hate it. Here, here's another complaint that I had. How did she get blood all over her entire body if she only had a few lacerations from her car accident? And wouldn't the doctors notice that? She's literally covered in blood, but she's fine. And they're like, that seems normal. Also, I don't know, dude. I'm not entirely sure amnesia, as it is portrayed in this book, is real. 
Well, what was the point of the amnesia anyway? Because she just remembers later. Well, she never actually remembered that she... She's like, she didn't really remember that she killed him, but she probably did. Oh my god. Because she would do that. Amnesia's not a plot. Okay, another thing I wrote down was when Bridget says, I thought if I put them... She brings brownies over. And they're having a detective interview in the living room. And she's like, I thought if I put them at the front door, you would have heard me. So she goes inside the house to put brownies. Okay, so they would have heard you if you set them outside the front door, but they wouldn't hear you if you literally entered the house. (sighs) Okay, my other favorite, um, when Karen is describing her ex-husband and she says... Maybe he has business enemies. He's an antique dealer. <laughs> you know, my mom always said, watch out for antique dealers. You don't want to date Well, one I one. thought it was going to be like the <laughs> antique stuff is a front for other things. No, it wasn't. He's no. just an antique dealer. Well, it was a, apparently he made money by laundering money. So Tom and Karen have a fight in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. He's sure, after her outburst in the bathroom, that she's capable of killing a man. What? All she did was get upset because she knew someone had been in her house. I said, so if your wife ever argues or gets upset with you, she's capable of murder? Okay. (laughs) Every every woman is capable of murder in Sherry Lapina's world. Seriously. I think Sherry Lapina has killed someone, or at least planned a murder. Description of social worker... Stacy, a no-nonsense black woman. I saw that, too, or I heard it, and I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> why, why you gotta say, why? The only black character in this story, mind you. Is no-nonsense. Okay, here's a couple that I wrote down. I really like the the one about looking at the body, if only he could talk. Okay. Um, so when Tom is cleaning up around the house, he cleans the glass coffee table with the glass cleaner and paper towels. (laughs) Why? (laughs) That's fucking interesting. Tell me more. (laughs) And also, no fucking shit he used glass cleaner. You just told me it was glass. Okay. (laughs) After Karen comes home and she's mysterious, she's different since when she came home. She used to be so warm and uncomplicated. What does that mean? Also, same, pretty sure same chapter. He expected everything to be sunshine and kisses when he married Karen. I. But well, they are practically newlyweds. Yeah, because so. they've been married for two years. But he's he fucked Bridget twice in this book. <laughs> I never saw him fuck his wife. So. Okay, Just wait, saying. I have one more line before we move on from No, oh, I have one more, too, so. Okay. You, you go. go first. Okay. I hope it's the uh, same one. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> that would be amazing. Okay. One, two, three, go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mine is, this is their love story come crashing down around their ears. <laughs> what? Around their ears? <laughs> okay. Mine is from, like, the other detective that's not Rasbach, whose name I can't remember. Who knows? Curtin? Oh, Curtin. No, that's the Officer Curtin. Oh, Officer Curtin. Uh, Officer Desk. Okay. Officer Pumpkinbeard. (laughs) 
said <laughs> officer microphone this is when they're like do you think they planned it together like what do you think this is oh my goodness and then it's like we're not gonna be able to pin it on anyone <laughs> he leans back in his chair throws down a pizza crust <laughs> in frustration look we all been there <laughs> yes what okay here's my main problem with that the pizza crust is the best part of the pizza <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> I remember hearing the universal that thinking, sign of frustration, throwing down what a piece of crust. What are you doing? You gotta eat the crust. It's the best oh, part. God. I heard that when I was driving and was like, "Siri, take a note." <laughs> 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 this is unsafe, but I need you to fucking record it, guys. So I would really enjoy, as a like project. <laughs> For us to, like, write a Sherry oh, Lapino book. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Yes. <laughs> I could do that. Just, like, and then get it published. Under her <laughs> name. <laughs> yes. yes. Apparently, they'll take anything, so. I bet. I mean, like, we could 100% write something like this in no time. I want to do it. Like, we should do this. What are we doing with our lives? All right. We do have to wrap this up so we can do presents and <laughs> better stuff. Um. I think we all know by now that we've rated it. We've all rated it one star. And I know that you all did because I saw it on Goodreads. Emily um, even wrote a review. What up? I never write reviews either. I quoted Billy Madison even. Oh, my God. <laughs> Will you read us your review? Yeah. We're going to read a couple of reviews. We can start with Emily's. Okay. I This is a quote from Billy Madison. This is not. Well, it's, you know, I changed it a little bit. This is what I said. First of all. Um, I posted this review on Facebook and said, hello, everyone. I did it. I found the world's most terrible book. Okay. This is my review. This is literally the worst book I have ever read in my entire life. I will never get those hours back. Sherry Lapina, everyone who endured this book is now dumber for having read it. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. What up, Billy Madison? (laughs) And then some people commented and said, that was mean. I know. And, and we were like, like, you didn't have to read this book. Yeah, read it. It was mean me it was that mean. she wrote it. Wait, people on Facebook commented that it was mean? Yes, but then my girl, my girl, Jennifer. What up, Jennifer? She said, I read it. It was so bad. P.S. I love the Billy Madison quote. So she got two points because she also thought it was nice. bad and she knew I was referencing Billy Madison. So what up, Jennifer? And Jennifer is going to write in and give us her thoughts about the book. So yeah. stay tuned for that. As she was next. like, I think I forgot it. Yeah. <laughs> I got a refresh. Yeah. <laughs> so this first one in the doc is super long. Do you? Who has read the whole thing? I have. The pr- I was trying to highlight parts. The problem is, it's all good. Yeah. Should I just read the whole thing? I'll read it. This is from Catherine, who rated it one star. She seems to be British, but I'm not going to do a British accent. Let me start this whole shebang by saying I almost dm up this book in excess of ten times. <laughs> I'll repeat that statement slower for maximum impact. I almost DNF'd this book ten bloody times. For those unfamiliar with my reading habits, this is a huge deal. Like, scream it from the rooftops level huge. I'm a compulsive book finisher. I never DNF, but this book, this book was my address. <laughs> <laughs> After having enjoyed Sherry Lapina's debut novel, The Couple Next Door, someone just lost credibility here. <laughs> I eagerly waited her next work. 
But my God, just my God, there are no words. Nothing to sufficiently articulate the absolute crap that is a stranger in the house. And what I don't understand is how a writer could seemingly lose all ability to write. Because it's not just messy characterization and plot. It's basic mechanics that are problematic. Fundamental writing rules broken repeatedly. Actually, not broken. More like blown up, run over. Then backed over, only to be run over a third time. For good measure. In simpler terms, as a smarter man once said, God may have made the world in six days, but while he was chilling on the seventh, Satan popped up and produced this. (laughs) Aside from painfully bad writing, A Stranger in the House features perhaps the single worst literary character, Tom Crow. <laughs> and this isn't a so bad they're good thing. Oh no, I actually genuinely wish Tom were a real person so I could kick him in the balls. That's worse. <laughs> Readers are meant to like the man. But how, I ask you? How? He comes home to find his wife missing, and his reactions are all self-oriented. He ra- he wanted, rather fervently, to see his wife. He pulls his cell phone out of his pants pocket and checks to see if there's any message from her that he might have missed. Nothing. Now he's mildly annoyed. She might have told him. He's annoyed. Not worried. Annoyed. His wife's disappeared, left dinner cooking, and the door's unlocked. All her shit is there, and his first reaction is annoyance? <laughs> oh, but it gets worse. Tom has all the emotional range and maturity of a gnat. The instant his pristine Stepford life is disrupted, he devolves from loving husband to paranoid adulterer. His self-described and described and described, for fuck's sake, we get it. Perfect marriage has the slightest bump, and recognize all these events are happening to Karen, not him. He's a two-step away from signing divorce papers. Tom looks back at her, his heart tight, and all the time he's known her, parentheses, like two years, let's be real Tommy boy, and loved her. He's never even had the slightest reason to doubt her about anything. It all comes down to that night. What really happened? Doesn't he owe her something for all those years of complete trust? Yes, Tom, you do. She's your wife. And from all appearances, a damn good one, according to Tom Krupp's 1950s scale of domestic bliss. Really, this shouldn't be a question, and yet it continues. A paragraph later, he says, I don't know, Karen. He pauses. I love you, but I'm scared. Dude, this is legit the first sign of marital discord and already you're considering bailing? Tom continues to suck throughout the remainder of the book with such philosophical gems as he loves her. That hasn't changed. He's surprised that he can still love her when he doesn't trust her. Aw, Tom, you deserve a medal. Gag. But want to know the most offensive part? Shockingly not Tom. The two female leads spend the entirety of the book lusting after the man. After Tom. Tom! Like he's some prize pig. This condescending, sanctimonious, disloyal, emotionally immature, cowardly nitwit. Ladies, love yourselves. Please. As for the rest of the book... Ugh. Nothing interesting happens throughout the bulk of the middle section. Character portrayals alternate between soap opera villains and Mary Sue's. Small, insignificant details were endlessly repeated. Show don't tell broken on every fucking page. And holy moly, the most stilted dialogue I've ever had the displeasure of reading. Leave it to Beaver on steroids. Oh, and every well-worn trope is brought out to play. Can we please put a kibosh to the amnesia-centric plots? Amnesia isn't that common enough already. This wasn't a book. It was a Lifetime movie set to page, and a bad one at that. So good. Yes. Bravo, Catherine. Catherine and Please that was us. actually, that was me cutting out some of that review. So it, it's longer. <laughs> oh my God. It's so I good. Admire her. I gotta say, I'm really just sad that Sue. Yeah. Oh, 1951? Has not. I guess her back got better and she didn't have time. Um, I have a good review. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's see the other side. Uh, this, and this is excerpted. We should probably not read her first and last name. Uh, this is Miriam from Goodreads. She rated it five stars. 
She said, A Stranger in the House is a brilliant and intriguing suspense thriller that was so compelling I couldn't put it down. I know it's a cliche, but I found it so easy to read and follow, I just wanted to keep on turning the intriguing and entertaining pages. I'm not too sure whether I truly liked the main characters, bar bar the determined detectives. The personalities just didn't do it for me, but this certainly didn't matter and bore no importance at all, as I still thoroughly enjoyed it and would highly recommend this riveting book to anyone who loves this particular genre. It's a very competitive business, the suspense mystery thriller market, but I believe the author has crafted this perfectly and without a doubt. I expect this to be huge in July when it's released. It's very clever, well-written, intriguing, and suspenseful, and has all the trademarks of a massive bestseller. I wish Sherry Lapina every success with A Stranger in the House this year. A fantastic five stars. It's none of those things. In what world do the characters being boring not matter? Not matter? Not have any bearing. Also, I don't think it's high praise to say this book was easy to follow. That's pretty much like the only (laughs) positive thing I could say about it is like it it's easy to follow, I guess. It was not that long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's like most redeeming quality is that it's pretty short. Yeah. It was not short enough. (laughs) No, could (laughs) have could have been shorter. Um, okay, yeah, so, also, I just wanted to note, when I was looking through the reviews on Goodreads today, a lot of people compared it to Gone Girl, and as we have outlined earlier, that's just one of the reasons, it is not comparable to no. Gone Girl. No, well, that's, that's Just wrong. because some, a woman left a, a wife for whatever reason and did a thing, these are not comparable no. books. Not at all. That's the thing, though, not is after Gone Girl came out, there were all these books that were trying to do the same thing, but not as well. It's still happening. It yeah. also got compared a lot to Girl on the Train, which I would say is the next most recognizable book from that like time period of like the is, girl, girl who did on a the thing. Train is not good. Just it's not good, but there. compared to this, <laughs> compared to this, it's fucking Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> I kept thinking the entire time I was reading this of an anecdote of. Movies. Um, one time, I had a double feature horror night with my friend Megan. We watched Thanks Killing, and after that, we watched The Human Centipede. Oh, oh Thanks no. Killing was so bad that we were like, "Ah, oh, yes, The Human Centipede is like Oscar worthy." <laughs> Like, it felt <laughs> like the best movie ever because Thanks Killing was so bad. This is my Thanks Killing of books. Like, <laughs> everything. I'm going to have a new appreciation for all books after reading yeah. A Stranger in the House. I Like, earlier today, I was reading Wheel of Time, which is like a fantasy series. And I like, but not because of the writing. And I was like, this is detailed. Really? Like, You're describing shit. I can't believe. I can actually picture what's happening. Yeah! <laughs> I was so happy to read uh, an absolutely remarkable thing after I finished this. I was like, oh my god. I remember <laughs> what books are like. I think you texted me and said, <laughs> I wanted to read it. <laughs> like, I was excited to pick it up again. Yeah, I'm listening to it also, but even, like, not even five minutes in, I was like, oh, 
this character has a voice. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> she has a personality. She's like a human person. Yeah. Detective Curtain. Yeah. So we're pretty excited for this next book. Yes. And all books hereafter. And we promise on our next hate episode, because I think we'll probably do it again, we won't read a Sherry Lapina Lapina book. We'll pick on somebody else. You know, maybe it'll be y'all. It feels rude, even though, like we said, like she deserves it. New York Times bestsellers, and it's fine. I hate you. Was this a New York Times bestseller? Probably. Who knows? Everything's a New York Times bestseller. Probably, because as that person pointed out, it has all the markings of a bestseller. (sighs) Okay. So one star all around, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would give it zero stars if I could. Yeah, no, we all would. It's really, really bad. This was a New York Times bestseller. If you've listened this far and you still want to read it, we have not done our job. So now we're going to move on to something more fun, right? Yeah. Is it time? Present time! I want to announce Edward has been lying on this package all week. (laughs) And every time, because I, I keep moving it from out from under him, because I'm like, don't, you don't need to lay on this. And he goes, Wah. all right, everyone, this is the <laughs> ASMR portion of our podcast. Oh, should we talk about why we're opening presents? Probably. We're opening <laughs> presents because it's our two year birthday. Birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> birthday to us. Technically, it was yeah. last episode, but. Yeah, we had yeah but so on April 24th, 2017, our <gasps> very first episode came out. <gasps> um, it was a book that uh, I picked. <laughs> kind of like this was a book you picked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we had a test episode before that that I didn't pick, but that one never aired. Yeah. So the the first one was Here I Am by Jonathan Saffron Thor. Um, and it is the that's the book that was why we put page limits on the book that we choose. It was very long. It was really long. <laughs> But I would much rather read that book than this book. Yes. Yeah. I mean, looking back, I feel like a like, pretty good book. Yeah, I like that book. It wasn't bad. Not bad. Anyway, so happy birthday to us. We've, like, successfully. Happy birthday. And this is the only combination of present giving we haven't done, right? Yep. Right. Yes. You guys, we're in our terrible twos. Because we did our first year and then we did Secret Santa, right? Yep. Yeah. I'm opening. Oh, those sweet, sweet rustling sounds. Oh, Yeah. Give it to me. I just got a bunch of paper on me. So Susan is is the gifter. Mary is the recipient. There is a card. The card has sushi on it Mm. and wasabi, and it says, you're fresh as hell. Oh my god, amazing. It's very cute. Uh, Susan says, happy second podcast birthday, Mary. I love being part of the hashtag book squad with you, and I'm thankful for our friendship that has grown out of it. Thanks for always being a supportive and understanding and compassionate friend. This podcast takes work, and I admire how much you're able to do on top of school. I'm so proud to be a part of the same squad as you. I love you, Susan. (laughs) Time for us to all cry. (laughs) (laughs) You guys! (laughs) (laughs) Now I am opening... Um, I just want to note, like, I, Susan got her stuff from, straight from Amazon. <laughs> That's, Kelly got her Mine stuff straight from Amazon. Mine is, like, nicely wrapped. Oh, this looks very good. Yes, it is a graphic novel called Ooh. Cronin. 
by Allison Wilgus, Volume 1, The Knife at Your Back. And mm-hmm. it's got a blurb on the cover from Faith Erin Hicks. Can you hold it up I so love. we can see it? I mean, I know our listeners can't, but I ooh. Cool. It looks great, yeah. guys. I read a review of that one day, and I was like, I feel like Mary would really like this. And then I was really happy that later I had a reason to give it to Mary. It, it <laughs> so. looks awesome. This is, like, all stuff I love. Her name is Mariah Yoshida. She was not born in Japan. She is not supposed to be in 1864. But through a time travel mishap, Mariah's stuck with no way out. Hope may be found when she befriends Hatsu, a humble tea mistress harboring a dangerous secret. Yet time is running short for the entire nation because Mariah knows that the shogunate is about to fall. Learning the way of the sword might be her only path towards survival. It sounds like badass women. Yes! Like fighting in shogun era Japan. And time travel also, which... Look, I love. Very excited. <laughs> I almost got you book one and two, and then I was like, I'm going overboard. I'll just get her book one. <laughs> and then she doesn't like it. She's not stuck with book two. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so cute. It is a notebook Aww. that has a 20 sided die on it and like a really cool like leaf pattern. Aww. Very cool. I love it got different types of line pages in it <laughs> oh my gosh it does for D&D honestly it's, it's for d yeah D&D. it's for D because it's got hexes yeah. and grids so you can make map also i'm about to start a new D campaign so this is perfect yay. yay this is great thank you susan you're welcome my turn it's susan's turn i want to show so like i made a card for susan but i did didn't make it in time to mail it. So I scanned it and emailed it to her. And I'm going to give you the physical one later. But I drew Paul's. <laughs> and it's amazing. Man. And he's, he's captioned Paul Holes, comma, sexy detective. Can we put that on? Can we put that on Instagram? Absolutely. So, yeah. We're putting it on Instagram. Okay. I already took a screenshot of it because I was like, uh, we have to do this. Mary sent me, like, process photos while she was drawing. Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) Okay. So she sent me that today, and it was like, here's your gift for later, or maybe you can open it now. (laughs) So I did open the card earlier. I'll read that first. I was like, I want you to see Paul Holes so bad. I know. I I just love Paul Holes, comma, sexy detective. Sexy detective. (laughs) That's what's on his Um, business card. Oh, and I get called sexy in this, too, which is cool. Uh Uh-huh. It's like Paul Holes and I are basically meant to be together. Basically the same. On On the same level. Susan, I hope you enjoy these crime and love-themed gifts. And I hope all three pubs play with the pizza together. I don't know what that means yet because I haven't opened it, but I'm excited. I'm so happy <laughs> you're part of the squad because it's given me the chance to become better friends with you. Oh. You're sweet, sexy, and funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and That's a badass true. lady. Thank you. <laughs> Keep being you. Love, Mary. P.S. Use code <laughs> to get an Audible book. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Nobody use that. I'm going to use it. <laughs> Do not steal my audible code. And then Paul Hose is Paul Hose. Cut that out. Paul, Paul Holes, comma sexy detective. Illustration is saying, Susan, buy my book. Evil has a name on Audible. On me. Oh I'm not gonna cut out the part where you call him Paul Hose, just so you know. Damn it. <laughs> Here's the thing. I was like, I want to get Susan Paul Holes's book, but it's only on Audible. And also, she would rather it on Audible. Is he? Does he read it? 
I think so. I don't know. He had like an exclusive deal with Audible. He has a new podcast out, which I'll probably write about at some point. But all right, I'm going to open. He does read it then. Oh, my God. This is the pizza thing that she was here. I love pizza, especially the crust. (laughs) Oh, so cute. (laughs) It's a pizza dog. (laughs) Okay. Both dogs just woke up. (laughs) Ears alert. (laughs) It seems that they will all be playing with it together. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a little pizza dog Roger toy. just walked over here like, what the fuck are you doing? Give me it. Here. <gasps> oh. oh, he loves it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and two other boxes, you guys. Because it's Amazon, it was all sent in 5,000 boxes. But I did a really good job of not opening the boxes. So. I feel like I half-asked it because I didn't give you a card, Kelly. I just wrote you a note in the Amazon box, so I'm sorry. That's okay. Oh my god, it's a mug. I love mugs. It says... Oh my god. And that's Roger and his pizza. Oh, I'm gonna have to take it away and I feel horrible. They love it. Can I have it real quick? I'll give it right back. I'll give it right back. I promise. I'm so sorry. I'll give it right back. He's like, but I love pizza. Okay. (laughs) Shake it off. This mug says, I like to party, and by party, I mean watch true crime documentaries. Yay! If that ain't me, I don't know what is. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. And I have a tiny box. It's very tiny. Could you hear that? Yeah. Oh. Oh, my God. There's so many things on it. It's a necklace. It's a necklace. <laughs> Now I'm like, is it what I ordered? <laughs> Describe them for the listeners. Okay, they're like, they're little animals. Uh, this one says mama. That is not what I ordered. <laughs> Those aren't my dogs? Nope. <laughs> I thought it was like, I'm the mama and these are the babies. <laughs> what it was supposed to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because oh oh there are God. three smaller animals. <laughs> what it was supposed to be. <laughs> was a necklace with two uh like circle charms on it and one has a j and one has an s for justin and susan (laughs) which i love that's that's adorable i will way to go this almost made sense though because it was like this this little animal says mama and these are little these are three little babies, and I thought they were my three babies. <laughs> I guess that's the problem with ordering from Amazon, is you don't get to, like, check it before you send well, it. Well, this was like... Although, now that I'm looking at... Now that I'm looking at the babies, they all have letters on them, and they don't make sense now. Because <laughs> one of them has a C on it. Like, who's that? I'm gonna that's just... That's uh, yeah, Like, this it's is, Emily's like, the pad. Amazon handmade thing, and it's, like, through... A handmade seller who like probably also has an Etsy. I'm gonna have to investigate this. Oh my! I'm sure they'll just replace it. Yeah, <laughs> I know, it's just funny. I thought it was my dogs. It's it like kind of made sense for real until you said something. And then I, I was, was like, so Wait. excited too. I was like, I got her this necklace. I think it's gonna be really cute. Like, do you think she's gonna? I know. I was like, oh my god, she's gonna love that. So sweet. Yeah, I totally, I would love that. As soon as you said it says mama, I was like. I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my 
Someone is very upset that they just got a random initial necklace that says J and S on it. <laughs> Two of the animals say J animal and S. Necklace. The animals have a J and S and a C. Oh, weird. What does that mean? They all come in these tiny bags. That's probably how it got messed up because someone else ordered J, S, and C and you ordered J and S. See detective work happening right now. I thought it was all my dogs on the necklace. <laughs> <laughs> well. Okay. I'll just hang on to this. You tell me what you need me to do with it. Okay. Everyone carry on. All right. Is it my turn? <laughs> Thank you, Mary. I love you. <laughs> I feel like and you also I mean. love JSNC. <laughs> just call me mama. All right. I'm. This is Emily. I'm opening up my present from Kelly. That didn't come from Amazon because she's a better person than I am. Yeah, but I didn't wrap it, so. And I did get it from Amazon. I just, well, part of it I got from Amazon. Oh, my God. Read the card first. Oh, okay. sorry. There's a card. Well, that, okay. Where's the card? I don't see a card. I, I think you're lying. It's in okay. there somewhere. It's not Oh, in my God. Envelope. It has my name on it. It's a fake envelope. Oh, it's in a fake envelope. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, it's got a picture of the P and the C on it. Look at that. Those are my babies. And I wrote, I drew this freehand so you aren't allowed to judge it. I will say, this is beautiful. Are you holding it up again? But not to scale. Baby. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> because one of them is much bigger than the other one. Well, see, P is technically in the background. Oh, that makes sense. This is good, though. You know, Kelly has experience drawing the P and the C because she did my wedding invitations. Mm -hmm. This is my third. No, this is my fourth illustration of P and the C because I also did that poster for you and Mary. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That poster. It still hangs up in my office. Love it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Am I going to cry? I feel like I'm going to cry. You might. (sighs) I'm very good at writing sentimental cards. All right. Let me drink some more last time first. I cried last time. I'm crying already. (laughs) Look, it's been a very emotional day. I watched Game of Thrones earlier. (laughs) It's just... I love you. I love you too. Okay. I love that you said start here. I love that you have like little um, marginalia in pink and then like the actual card. (laughs) Like it says, oops. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I can't. I'm going to cry. All right. It kind of seems fitting that we drew each other last because we've known each other the longest. You pointed out that it was harder to shop for me because we have almost everything in common. And I agree. You are a person I trust more than almost anyone else when you recommend something because if you like it, I probably will too. It's crazy how someone you meet innocuously on the internet can become one of the most important people in your life. I don't know what I'd be doing right now if I'd never met you, but it pro- but it probably definitely wouldn't be this. Um, (laughs) you make my life fuller every day and i'm so fucking lucky to call you one of my best friends thanks for being an amazing co-host scheduler (laughs) writer idea haver editor feminist doer of a million small and large things fearless leader and wonderful friend i love you so much the james to your serious ph happy birthday bitch kelly (laughs) fuck i should have planned this better Yeah, I started writing on one side, Aww, and then it was just so a disaster. Sweet. 
I love you. I love you too. Okay, now I'm gonna look at the presents. Sorry. Describe the bag. Okay, the bag is like definitely Sailor Moon themed. Yes, it's the kitty. It's Artemis looking because Artemis is the white one. Everyone, I know this. Yes, I love Sailor Moon. This is super cute. And actually, I need a new purse right now. So guess what? I'm gonna be wearing when I see you. Good. Probably this one. I hope you will be able to use it. This reminds me of the time that I asked Kelly to help me find a purse because I needed a new <laughs> purse. And she fucking, Kelly fucking Googled cute purses and sent me the link. I sent her the link of the Google <laughs> search of cute purses. Because she's a fucking bitch. She's like, thanks, I hadn't thought of yeah. that. I don't even know what this is going to be, but it has something to do with coffee and books. Oh my gosh. It's like, it's called Literary Starbucks and it's like little vignettes about various literature characters ordering starbucks <laughs> i know i just opened a harry potter one too which seems very fitting oh my gosh oh my gosh and then i opened to haruki murakami tries to order something off of a starbucks secret menu because that asshole would <laughs> all right i'm just gonna read this one okay because it's haruki murakami who is mabu haruki murakami tries to order something off of starbucks secret menu the notion that there might be a secret menu surprises the barista, who has never heard of such a thing. Murakami is disappointed, but not particularly surprised, and decides to order a glass of steamed milk with a squirt of cinnamon syrup. While waiting by the counter, he listens to the jazz coming through the speakers, taps his foot, and remembers when he used to run a coffee shop. That had been a good time. He is so distracted by the past that he doesn't notice when a small cat, oh yeah, begins to lap up his order. He snaps out of his reverie and chases off the cat. Later in the day, he goes looking for the cat, hoping to make reparations. He never finds it. That's basically every Haruki Murakami <laughs> story ever. Thank you. Oh You're God. welcome. Doing a lot of cat themes happening. That whole that little thing was better than the whole last book we read. Yeah. Oh, I know. So much better. And it was present tense. Oh, cat coloring book. <laughs> Oh my god, they're so cute and they're doing things and they're cats. Cute. <laughs> yes. Look Lots at, of different types look of cats. At this baby. And they're, they're very like intricate illustrations too. So they are. They are. P. Oh my god, P heard me talking about cats and he came out here like, are you looking <gasps> at other knows. cats, you motherfucker? He hates it when I look at other cats. He gets very jealous. P. That makes sense. Come here. Best, P. Roger's so mad. He wants that pizza. Last but not least, (laughs) I'm actually Mary. I don't know if you'll remember this, but I'm sorry that I have a story for everything. Mary, I don't know if you'll remember this, but one time we went to Target and we were getting lift smackers and I really (laughs) wanted a unicorn one. I do remember this. Here it is. Is that the one you wanted? Yes. And Mary was. Oh my God. Yeah. And no, yes. they only had one unicorn one left, and Mary was like, well, I found it, so I'm buying it. <laughs> so That's I didn't so get funny. one. And it's right here. <laughs> that was just, like, miscellaneous. Like, I was, like... No, this is very meaningful, because Mary took the last unicorn listener at Target, and now I have mine. That's so funny, because I was at, like, the drugstore, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, that can be part of Emily's present. Well, I don't I have any miscellaneous things for you, because I sent it directly from Amazon, and I'm sorry. Oh, that's fine. I just have the, like, main presents. It's all good. But I love it. Thank you so much. You're I love welcome. that purse. 
Yes. Okay. I'm about to be rocking it. Time for me to open my box, which I had to pick up from a mysterious storage locker. That was actually part of the present, was the adventure. Oh, great. You carried me past so many homeless people. Yes. Was it a bad area of town known for drugs? Yes. What is a housewife like you doing at a storage locker? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah. Did you find the this notes? Clear- There's part one and part yeah, two. Yeah, it's like a gift for you, and it's like part one, and then it's like part two. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. Okay, part one. I forgot what Hello, I said. Hello, Kelly! Okay. Exclamation point. I am so excited I finally got to get you a present for our podcast birthday because I was basically able to just pick stuff off of my Amazon wish list because I knew you would like whatever I like. So in other words, I'm really jealous that you get to have this shit and I don't. If for some reason you hate it, just casually give it back to me, okay? Thanks. I love you so much. Thanks for putting up with me. (laughs) Your forever friend, Emily. You're my forever friend. Okay. Okay. I'm going to pick the biggest thing first. Oh, my God. It's a nippler. (gasps) (laughs) Let's see, Roger. It's so cute. I just, like, I was thinking about how when we, shameless plug, when we reviewed the last Fantastic Beast movies, we just talked about how, like, the nipplers didn't belong there, but we didn't care because they were so cute. And I was like. They're so cute. The nipplers are the porgs of Harry Potter. They are. Look at It's so cute. It's so cute. I'm obsessed. It's got a little Animal coin. side note real quick. Roger just sneezed and hit his face on my desk leg. <laughs> wow. Really hard. <laughs> now I'm petting his face Aww. for comfort. Also, <gasps> read harder. A reading log by Book Riot. Ooh. Track progress. I thought you would really like this because I... I feel like it's very well designed, which you will appreciate. It is. And also, I know that you talk about how sometimes you feel like you don't have time to read anything aside from, like, what we read for the podcast. Yeah. So I was thinking, well, one of the things that this has in it is, like, little challenges for you. So I was thinking this could be, like, a cool way to, like, push yourself to maybe, like, read some other stuff. That's so cool. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Also, I love it. It has, like... A place for you to write down, like, notes or quotes from the book. Because, yeah. like, I think I mentioned this before that, like, growing up, I used to, like, keep track yeah. of every every book I read. I would, like, mark my favorite quotes and I would record them all in a separate notebook. <laughs> I so also, I just, like, love having <laughs> journals for, like, everything in my life. Like, I love having, like, a good, yeah, like, fitness journal and a good, like, work journal and a good, like, you know, like, ha- so... There you go. There's your book show. It's there. super cute. It's I really thought it was cute really cute. Well cute Yay. I love it. Yay. Thank you. Friends. We did it. We're still friends. We're still friends. Even though Susan got the wrong necklace. <laughs> so Mama sad. and baby. I love how Susan was like trying to make it work anyway. I know. I thought and that's I what it was. Immediately was like, "This is not right." It didn't. Yeah, it did not occur to Susan that it could possibly be wrong. <laughs> well, it it made okay. I have three dogs. There was a big bear and three little bears. Yeah. Nope. It kind of made sense. I like that you were just gonna go. <laughs> well, when I saw that it said "Mama," I did have a moment of like, huh. <laughs> I like different. 
Like, I've never called myself Mama Bear, for example. <laughs> Mary does not, as a pet name, call me Mama Bear either. No. Maybe she <laughs> Maybe now. But as soon I'm as dying. I said it, oh, shit, no, let's not. As, as soon as I said it, she was like, nope, that's not what I ordered. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Well, happy birthday, you guys. I love happy you. Happy birthday. And I feel so happy lucky. Happy birthday. I love you guys. Birthday sex. So, what's on the blog? Riverdale's still happening. It's it is. getting nuts. Are we doing... We're almost to the end. Are we about to do our Bachelor impressions? Our Bachelorette impressions? They're not yeah. up yet. <laughs> yeah, it should be happening soon. But either way, um, a little preview of the Bachelorette recaps. There is a Bachelorette special happening on May 6th. And so we, we will, will... be there for that. Yeah. Don't worry. We got Interesting. you. Interesting. Yeah, and but after that, Bachelorette recaps by Susan and Emily, but sometimes filled in for one of us by Kelly. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. There's also still Survivor recaps happening. Yes. <laughs> we do things other than recaps, though. Yes, Mary and I wrote a post about Unicorn Store. <gasps> yeah! The Brie Larson directorial debut. And Brie Larson, if you're listening, retweet us. Brie. <laughs> yeah. Look. Come on, Brie. I don't Where know you if at? you know this. But you and I, we have a history. You should come guest on our podcast. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we have a history. Just just let me know when you want to come on. We, we got you. We cannot pay you whatever your normal fee is. No, this would be sure. just like a cross-promotion thing. For the exposure. <laughs> yeah, it'll benefit you for, for exposure just as for much brief. as it benefits <laughs> Oh, Mary, Mary and I probably at this point will have written about the act. Oh, are you guys writing about that? Because isn't the last yes! episode coming out this week? So we'll probably do that this weekend or something. I love it. Yes. So, all right. No, this has happened. Y'all, if you go on the blog now, there's a blog post about the act. Yes. So the it's Hulu happening. television Because show. we have ideas and thoughts about the act and we want to share it. Because, ooh, love it. Love it. It's a good show. Kelly, I feel like we should do a team post. We should. We never have done that. Really? Except for that The way. Bachelor, which doesn't count. You've doesn't never count. written a post together? No, no, we had to create the Susan and Kelly author tag for that Bachelor for recap bachelor. we did That's together. That's crazy. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm just tag teaming everyone. Susan, figure out something that you want to write about, and I'll write about it with you. Okay. You guys could do a Game of Thrones post. No, I we can't. Could. There's too much happening. Well, we should do one... Not Mary, but me, you, and Emily should do one after the finale. Guys, I had so many emotions today watching that episode. Same. I'm not kidding when I say that after the episode last night, I had to take an Ativan so I could go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Kelly, do your thing then. Oh, no, wait. What's up next on the the (laughs) podcast? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, next on the pod. Go, Mary. Next time on the podcast, we are having a full episode, a book episode, where we will will be reading (laughs) Hank Green's An Absolutely Remarkable Thing. This is Hank Green. I hate to say brother of John Green, but that's how a lot of people probably know him. One half of the Vlogbrothers. This is Hank's debut novel, and I read it. 
when it first came out and was so obsessed with it, I was like, I want somebody else to talk about it with me. And now I have that chance. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited to talk about it. I think it's a fun book. It's kind of like, um, essentially the plot is one night all of these statues appear across the world in big cities and people are confused about what they are. And the book follows April May, who is trying to figure out what these things are and is kind of like on the forefront of doing that. Uh, it's it's an interesting book. It's kind of science fiction-y. It's kind of pop culture-y. Yeah, it's very social media yeah. um, involved. I finished it. And I really, I'm not going to give away my, you know, review or anything, but yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I I recommend the audiobook for sure. Um, I actually really like the audiobook narrator. And that's rare because I hate most of them. Yeah. So I'm excited to talk about it. And then on the next other episode, we, as you may have heard, are going to be getting together in New Orleans <laughs> To not see Ariana Grande. <laughs> but we'll be in the same city as Ariana Here's Grande. The plan. We're still going to get Ariana Grande friendship shirts and we're going to karaoke Ariana Grande. That's the yeah. plan. The thing is, all of her tickets sold out really quickly and now they're like $300. So uh, we're just going to all get together in the same place and <laughs> we are going to record our experiences um it might be a hot mess of an episode or it might be a peabody award-winning <laughs> podcast episode it will be so i guess we'll see what happens as long as <laughs> it's one or the other none of the karaoke sure. is going to make it on the episode no. um that's not true mm. i will be recording everything and pulling the best moments <laughs> man this so, is it's gonna be like reality tv you're gonna have to edit it into a storyline i know i'm kind of stressed so maybe we should try to come up with some ideas yeah um okay and, and, all right murder mystery <laughs> truth or dare let us know if you have any suggestions for our plot of our uh our plot exploration <laughs> we get kidnapped of our weekend we get kidnapped and then we have to find our way home out of the spaceship. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure anyway, it out. we'll see. It's going to be an experiment. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm excited. I'm mostly excited to hang. You'll get to hear what I'm like after more than two beers. Three beers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can't be trusted after more than <laughs> two beers. It's going to run wild in the city. It's when you sleep with your neighbor. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, hopefully our Airbnb doesn't have neighbors. If you have any suggestions for the plot of our travel sode or comments about Stranger in the House or questions about our gifts for each other or anything at all that you ever wanted to say to us, you can email us at thesquad at booksquadgoals.com. Still taking weekend at Bernie questions, by the way. If you, yes, hey. I do not condone this. If <laughs> you want to visit us on social media, we are at Bookswad Goals on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, please, 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 please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. R R and S. Rate, review, subscribe. Yes. Do it. Do that. 
please. We would love it if you subscribe. We would love it if you gave us a rating because it will help other people find our podcast and we can always use new listeners. Mm-hmm. You know how it is. Also, if you are a mama with three <laughs> children <laughs> with the initials J, S, and C, we might possibly have a free necklace. Because <laughs> if I get the other one, this one is faux free now. So hey, it's a giveaway. Also, like, maybe we have your necklace. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Also, if you ordered this, let us know. Maybe you just happen to be a listener. That'd be crazy. That would, be that crazy. would actually be crazy. I'll quit. It up. <laughs> Two years was great. We had a good run. Shit got crazy. We had to stop. <laughs> ah, happy birthday, guys.